we believe every person has the right to realize all that is possible for their future. Are you someone who is near retirement, who has been diligent about accumulating wealth and is now navigating the what's next heading into the next chapter of your life? Welcome to the Dream Architect Life Podcast, where money and mindset meet with Brian Sweet and Brittany Anderson from Sweet Financial Partners. In this podcast, we aim to help shift your focus to the things you can control so you can put your money to work in turning your dreams into reality. Through our trademarked process, The Dream Architect, we make wealth planning fun, informative, and enjoyable. Join us on this journey where Brian and Brittany will explore how you can eliminate your limiting beliefs in the pursuit of all that's possible. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Dream Architect Life with Brian Sweet and Brittany Anderson from Sweet Financial Partners. Brian, it's so good to be back with you. How are you? Well, it's great to be back, Eric. Thank you. I'm well. Yeah, I'm excited. Brittany, I know that we're in the second podcast of a three-part series. You guys are going to be talking about a book that you've read and you're sharing it with the audience. I'm so excited to get into this. Mm, we are too. And especially today because it, I guess ironically enough, ties in really, really well with just the overall theme of the, the, the Dream Architect Life podcast and what we've been talking about up to this point, what we've been having conversations with our wonderful guest speakers. Mm -hmm. And we're excited to carry this forward into today's episode. So for those just joining us, this is the second part of a three-part series. So go back and listen to the first one. I don't think you need to do that before continuing this one, but it's, there's so much valuable information in that first podcast. Go back and listen to it. Can you remind the audience what book you're covering? Yes. So we are covering Ed Milet's recent book called The Power of One More. To give high-level context, he talks about how in your life, you can make such positive momentum by doing just one more insert blank, right? Insert word. So what we talked about in the last episode was the power of one more identity and how it's so important to not get married to the success that you've had up to this point and to have that shape your entire identity because you are capable of so much more. Because there is that next chapter for you, it's just up to you to decide what that identity looks like and to have the confidence to move forward. So we gave different concepts that Ed talked about in that particular chapter in the last episode. Mm -hmm. So today we're pivoting and had to choose the chapter that was titled The Power of One More Dream. And I don't think we have to go in depth about why we chose that because yeah. we talk about the importance of dreaming big, of focusing forward. For those of you who are maybe not into the whole concept of dreams and that word turns you off, think about it as a vision. Right? Those two things can be synonymous with each other. So whether you like to get on board with the dream wagon or you like to use the word vision, it doesn't matter to us. What matters is that you're thinking forward into your future about what excites you, what motivates you, and what helps you to get out of bed with a smile on your face and a pep in your step every day. So to kick things off here, uh, you know, Brian and I talk about this quite a bit that, you know, we're so tired of the sayings of, oh, I'm too old or I'm too tired or it's too late or I'm too busy or I'm too insert whatever that excuse is. Because that type of mentality, that mindset, it can hold you back from what you're capable of and from really living the life that 
you you're put on this earth to to do to achieve to pursue so what we want to do is part of the framing for this particular episode if nothing else if you can just let go of those limiting statements for the next 20 ish minutes <laughs> then then we've done something okay in this world mm -hmm. so think about just the things that you're telling yourself that you're too whatever you're too old you're too tired it's too late there's not enough time there's you know whatever those limiting statements are let's relinquish those so that we can move forward into the power of dreaming big. Now, this particular statement, I love this, and I'm, I'm reading this verbatim because I thought this was really powerful. So Ed talks about how the happiest people in life operate out of their imaginations and dreams, not their histories. So if you think about that for a minute, you know, when you're a kid, it's easy to use your imagination. I mean, I got three little ones at home and half the time, one of them's a dog, one's a cat, the other one's the world's best doctor. Uh, you know, it just depends on the day. They're all, they're all over the place, but it's because they don't see limitations. They see at this point in their life that they can be, do, have, create anything that they put their little hearts and minds to. And at some point along the way, we lose, lose that, that sense of imagination. Mm -hmm. So Brian, I know you've, you've talked about this in previous episodes before, so I'd love for you to jump in and highlight there. Yeah, I, I don't know what causes it, but it's pretty uniform across the board. At some point in our childhood, I think school might have something to do with it, but we lose the ability to think big, or become future-based. And maybe it's uh, just a combination of life in general, but if you're not aware that that's going on, it can have some really serious negative outcomes that you probably don't want to experience. And so, you know, I, you were talking about some of the, you know, tired of hearings old and stuff, you know, it made me think of my mom, you know, and she, during our different conversations, she would mention something that she would like to do. And then I would hear, but I'm too old. Well, my comment to my mom was, you know, mom, if you do this uh, in the next year, you're, you're going to be a year older, whether you do or you don't do it. So you might as well just go ahead and give it a try. You know, your age isn't going to change and everything else will be the same. And so it's, it's just like one of those limiting beliefs that we get un, unfortunately turned on that has these negative consequences. And, and it does cause us to need to make some adjustments. And, you know, to, to change your circumstances does require action towards that change. And so in a lot of cases, you just need to be aware of what it is that's happening and then maybe develop some new habits. Mm. Yeah, I, I would love to have the ability to transform as quickly as my granddaughter, right? Brittany, you brought up your kid. <laughs> they were over this weekend and we had, a, we had an old friend of ours come over for dinner, hadn't been to our house yet, and we had the grandkids here as well. And she's five. And, she can, and she's been to this house because we just moved. We've talked about this. We just moved, and she's been to our house maybe twice so far. And when we had this guest come in, she flipped a switch and became a tour guide for the house that she doesn't even know. And, oh, let me go show you this. And just led them around by the hand. Her favorite thing to show everybody is the laundry chute because it goes down to the basement. It's, it's really weird. But she flipped that switch and became a completely different person. I don't think she's ever 
really understood or heard what a tour guide is, but she, she took on this persona of, and on our left, we have the bathroom that's upstairs. And on our, like, how do you do that? I, I think to your point, we kind of lose that ability to imagine and I don't want to say pretend, but visualize maybe what we could be or what we, you know, that, that limiting belief, Brian, that you were talking about, we're, we're too old for this, we're too whatever. If we could just get that childlike quality just to picture that and act it out a little bit to see what kind of joy we could have, that would just change the world. Yeah. And, you know, if you think of some of the most successful people in the world, like Steve Jobs, you know, he envisioned the Apple iPhone and what it could become. Elon Musk going to be able to live on Mars. I mean, talk, those are like really crazy dreams, but it's, it's really just kind of turning on that childhood imagination again and not letting it die. And it just gets put to the side. And since it doesn't get any exercise, it gets lazy and it's never at the forefront for you to use in a positive basis. So it's one being aware that you have it yet and then utilizing it for your benefit instead of letting it continue to be, say, lazy. Mm. You know, and there's this common theme, and, and Ed talks about this a little bit in the book too, but, you know, when I think about the example of your granddaughter or my kids or that example of Elon Musk or Steve Jobs, I, I think somewhere along the way, there was probably somebody in some of like Steve Jobs or Elon Musk's life that they weren't told that their ideas were silly or they had enough people in their life telling them to pursue greatness, to pursue, you know, whatever it is that, that they've got in front of them. And I think about this, and I, and I think this is such a good practice for all of us to be mindful of, is that when you are dealing with that next generation, be it their little kids, their, you know, middle kids, their teenagers, their grown up, whatever, when you're doing this and you can think about this from a mentorship perspective too, we have to be so conscious to not tell people that they're being silly, that they're too old for this, that they're in outer space, that what they're thinking is ridiculous. Like we as adults now mm -hmm. have to be so conscious to let that imagination fly in these young people so that we're encouraging those next level thinkers as they get older. You know, I think about that, that for myself, you know, my, my middle child, she's five years old right now. And we were going to go to Walmart and she literally put on her fanciest Christmas dress possible because she was a princess that day. And if I would have looked at her and said, that's silly, that's ridiculous. Go change your clothes. Then I'm not leaning into and living what I'm preaching to the adult world now today. Mm -hmm. So I think it's those little consciousness things that if you have somebody in your life, even like your spouse or a colleague or whatever, if, if they're coming to you with some cool idea and you're the first one to poo poo on whatever that is, well, think about what you're doing to them. You're stifling that creativity. So I'd say somewhere along the way, people have had somebody tell them that it's silly, it's dumb, it's not important, it's you know out of this world, whatever, in a negative context. Yeah, and I think if you're a business owner or if you work for a business, just think about the past in when you've had an idea and you brought it up in front of a group. How mm -hmm. often have they told you, gee, that's a, you know, I love that creativity on your thought process or, you know, what in the heck were you thinking? Because as soon as you give them the, boy, that was dumb, they're probably never going to bring up any great thoughts ever again. Because one, they probably got embarrassed by, you know, you not getting great comments. But 
if you encourage that, what happens? Well, they're going to do more of it. And what you ideally want is every team member to be independent, think big, be creative, so that you as the owner don't have to do all that yourself. And people have such talents that we squelch by not encouraging them to think on their own. Yeah, I, it's interesting you bring that up. I just had a complete flashback. My, my father worked for Boeing. And what, whatever you think of the company as a whole, I will tell you one thing that they did I thought that was amazing was they didn't have the traditional suggestion box. They had a, an entire branch, if you will, that would take ideas from employees and investigate it and say whether it was feasible or not. The employees, that's the, that's the first reward, in my opinion, that they had somebody that would actually look at all the different ideas that people had. The second part was if they implemented it, they actually gave a, a financial little reward for that because they were coming up with things where the company was saving money and the company would adopt it and reward the people for those thoughts. And so I thought it was just an amazing thing because my dad was a part of a couple of groups that brought things to Boeing's attention and said, hey, if we did it this way, we would save time or resources or whatever. They did their investigation, said, absolutely, that's perfect. Let's implement it. And then they rewarded the employees for doing it. How, how else do you encourage an entire mass of employees to come up with ideas and bright something that can change the trajectory of the company too or save them millions of dollars? Hmm. You know, and I, I love stories like that. Actually, my grandfather worked for Boeing. Uh, it was Rockwell before Boeing. And he got to be on some of the special teams that it maybe wasn't all around the employee invention, but the, it was it was the culture where they would say, I wonder if this is possible. And my grandfather actually got to be part of the teams that would try to figure out what was possible and what wasn't. Wow. So it, it was just such a cool culture. I'm glad you brought that up. I actually kind of forgot about it until you said that. But I think that's a great example. You know, we've done things like that within Sweet Financial too, where we've gone through big projects and we're like, hey, you can come up with a faster, better, easier, cheaper way to do it. We're going to essentially reward you for those ideas and that actual implementation. The other thing too, that I think Ed really brings to light, and I think this can be a tough one for people because it gets a little bit deep. So bear with me here for a minute. But a lot of times how he, how he frames it is that many of us are held back from things in our past, like the heavy stuff. As you get older, there's certain things that happen in life that aren't always pretty. And there's some really, really tough, really, really difficult challenges. And a lot of times what happens is we become shaped by those. We maybe get a little bit hardened. We maybe get a little bit colder to certain things. And, you know, I, I'll never forget about there's two instances that, that really ring true in my life that I think if people would take the time to really digest and implement, it could make monumental strides for their future. So number one is about the narratives that we have in our head from things that have happened in our past. So without going into the gory details, you know, I had a rough go with a very close family member and there were some bad things that happened and uh, some really tough times and challenges. And I had a narrative in my head for a long time. Well, how could he do that? How could he treat people like that? How could he whatever? And finally, somebody said to me, like, Brittany, does that narrative serve you? Like, does it really serve you going forward? Like holding on to that animosity, that frustration, that whatever, what does that do for your future? And I sat back and I was like, whoa, that's, I've never been asked that question before. So after some work on it, I started reframing it to be like, you know what, that 
person did have good characteristics and things weren't always bad. And by me holding on to the bad stuff, I'm actually hindering myself mm -hmm. from moving forward in my life and pursuing what I want most because I've been held back by these negative emotions, even as a positive individual. So that's, you know, one thing I think about when you tie together the last episode with identity into dreaming big. The secondary part of that is I was sitting in a training and this gentleman was giving the example about like outsourcing and finding who's and the importance and the power of it. And he started talking about how, it, how he grew up, his parents were DIYers. They like, you don't hire somebody to mow your lawn. You don't hire somebody to clean your house. Like if you're physically capable, we do it ourselves. I'll just use my own name. Like the Andersons are tough. They can do everything. And as he started unwinding that narrative from his past, he's like, well, wait a second, that served them and what they wanted in their life and helped them be fulfilled, which was great. But that mindset doesn't serve me in defining what my big dreams are mm. and what I want for my future. So he had this total shift that had to happen, releasing the identity that was his heir, his ancestors, whatever, and leaning into who he was and what his dreams and his desires and pursuit was. So I think those two mindset shifts are so stinking powerful. If we can let go of our past, create a narrative that serves us. For me, it's like, well, you know what? The person I referenced was, was my dad. And I'm like, I am part of him. And if I only see the bad, then I'm only seeing the bad in me. Whereas if I see some of the good and the good that I can carry forward, then that's what serves my narrative going forward. And that's what makes me a better person in the future. So I think that what Ed brought up there is so powerful and relevant if people are willing to do the work and put the attention to it. Yeah, I think we all uh, know people who do things because that's how our parents have already always done it. And so instead of saying, as Brittany alluded to, is this the best thing for my future? They just take this course or path and it's kind of like the path of least resistance, but don't ask themselves the proper question. Is this going to serve me in the, in my best interest to what I want to become? And you know, and then you look at those particular people and they probably haven't achieved as much as they could. You know, if you know them really well, you probably know they've got like lots more potential, mm -hmm. but they're hanging on to something that's limiting their ability to get to another level. And you hate to see it, but unless they're willing to change how they think about that and take action, you know, it won't change. But I'm thinking of a specific, actually a good friend of mine, that's got like so much talent, but you know, not doing what they ultimately could be. And I feel really bad about that, had conversations myself, but they have to elect to do it, not me giving them my opinion. Hey, Brittany here, letting you know that our latest book, Dream Architecture, is not only out and available, but it hit the Amazon bestseller list at record speed. So be sure to hop on over to amazon.com and grab your copy of Dream Architecture today. Well, I heard an example years ago, and it, it, I think it ties into both stories that you guys just told, an example of forgiveness, right? When you don't mm -hmm. forgive somebody, it's, you're not doing anything to them. You're basically forging a chain, right? So each person you're not forgiving, you're forging these chains, and these chains are holding you down. And I think it, it's the same thing with limiting beliefs. 
if you have a limiting belief, you're just forging that chain or the belief or something that you got from your family long ago that you're not letting go of. You're forging that chain link in the chain. Before you know it, you're dragging, you know, a thousand pound anchor with all these links of chain that you've created yourself. And mm -hmm. until you can break those and, and either do the forgiveness, you know, option for those situations or change that limiting belief to get rid of it, it's going to be dragging you down. You can't possibly proceed to your future. Mm. I think that's so true. And actually, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but it's, what is it? Holding a grudge is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so true. It's like, I love it. it's only bogging me down. It's only yeah. hurting my brain. And, and Ed actually talks about, there's another powerful statement that really resonated in this chapter was that as human beings, we're hardwired to be problem solvers. And that's why we can be intimidated by unknown futures. And I think that bridges a little bit of what we're talking about as we move into the future thinking that, you know, if we're stuck in the problems of the past or we're stuck in things that aren't serving our future, whatever, it's like human nature. Like we are wired to try to solve those problems. And sometimes the only way to solve them is to just stink and let it go. <laughs> Just let it go and move forward into whatever this next chapter is for you. And the future can be scary. It can be full of uncertainties. I mean, I think about the deer in the headlights looks that we've gotten from retirees over the years. And I use the term, I need to come up with a better term because it's a horrible one. Nobody wants to be put out to pasture. But think about somebody that's closing a chapter, we'll call it, on whatever portion of their life. So they were a business owner and now they're going to sell and they're going to move forward. Or you know, they've had this position for forever and now they're closing that chapter looking at the what's next. I, I can't even begin to count how many times, you know, Brian or one of our advisors has sat down with a client and started talking about what they want for the future. You know, they're coming off of something, be it a business sale, a lifetime career, whatever that is. They've spent a heck of a lot of time thinking about where they're coming from. But when you ask them, what's next? What are some of the things you want to do? They're like, wait, what? <laughs> what? I, I don't know. I don't want to have to set an alarm. That sounds great. So, you know, it's amazing at how often that uncertainty for our future can actually cause us to be completely frozen when it comes to moving forward. And we're talking like very intelligent, very capable, very successful on paper people who are struggling to define the what's next and to determine what their next dream or what their vision is for their future. So this isn't something that is just unimportant. This isn't something that only a handful of people struggle with. So we thought we'd talk about it. This is seen over and over again when it comes to planning for people's futures. So, you know, if we don't take the time to be intentional and to really start thinking about what that one more dream is, and not being okay with just the status quo. I mean, the idea of a beach and a cocktail and, you know, no worries in the world, that sounds pretty darn good. Well, it but sounds I, like a Jimmy Buffett uh, song. <laughs> <laughs> it does. What do they say? The behind in the sand and toes in the water. And I mm -hmm. don't know. That only lasts for so long. And we've seen it time and time again with like, especially the high achiever brain where you might go do that for a while. Maybe you take kind of a sabbatical, be it a few months or a year or whatever. But it's amazing at how people start coming back going, all right, I need something. Mm -hmm. I need that. What's next? So start doing the work now. So it's not so hard when you're faced with those major transitions. Yeah, I, I love it. it. It's just, again, it's not easy to do, right? No. <laughs> 
No. And, and you know what, that's why we sat down to write the book, Dream Architecture, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, when we started thinking about the common themes we were seeing, again, in in really capable, successful individuals of seeing this common theme of people struggling with that loss of identity, with trying to redefine what the next dream is and what that even means to them. That's a big part of the inspiration for our book is we're like, man, if we can put some content out there to help people see the importance of surrounding yourself with people who are gonna inspire you towards your future, the importance of focusing on what you want, of ignoring some of the naysayers, of helping you shape your mindset so that you are focused on the things that actually matter, then it's all worth the effort that we put into writing this book. So I I just think people need more resources, more tools, and more things that are tangibly within reach to feed their mind with the good stuff that can help them look at possibility Just like Ed Milet talks about this power of one more dream, you know, don't let whatever has, has gotten you to this one point Mm -hmm. shape and define who you are in the future. Cause there's a heck of a lot more out there for you. Yeah. And unfortunately people aren't uh, well-versed on all of these resources. We are, you know, extremely blessed that we get to hang around some amazing people and this kind of thinking is becoming second nature to us. And so if we can be a resource for others to get to where they want to get by us having been exposed to these things, that's really a great outcome for us. Yeah. And Brian, I know that you've, you've had to overcome a ton and, and you have used yourself as a personal example many times on this podcast. And I appreciate that because you've been very willing and open to share. Um, can you, can you give the, the listeners a little insight into some of the things that you've had to overcome to be able to say that was history? Now let's talk about future. Yeah, I mean, we could probably chat for several hours or days on uh, <laughs> examples there. But, you know, I, I think just from being a, a little little kid, you know, started out when you were small, you know, my mom and dad got divorced when I was three. So my mom was completely on her own. She never got child support. But, you know, the positive of that, I got to spend a lot of time not only with my mom, who taught me a lot of great uh, skills and a lot of great things, but uh, I got to spend time with my aunt and uncle. It was my dad's sister, and she happened to be a principal and gave me the benefits of you know, an education and what mm. learning is all about. My uncle Roy used to be uh, a business owner and he was probably the most gregarious, outgoing, everybody loved Roy guy. And I, ta- I was taught like how to treat people, how to be a good business owner, how to do those little soft skills that had a big impact. And, you know, if that wouldn't have happened to me, which happened for me, you know, it would have caused me to go completely different direction. Mm -hmm. So I look at that as, man, was I lucky my dad wasn't involved because all the things I would have never wanted to become I probably would have become some of those. And so I just got all the good things from my mom, my aunt and uncle. And then college, I was very fortunate. My mentor in college, who turned out to be a really good client of mine, taught me all the you know, the business skills for this industry and from even how to tie a darn tie to nice. uh, everything else. And, you know, when I was with... Raymond James, you know, the president of the company reached out one day and we were 
uh, sitting out after a meeting having a conversation, and he looked at me and said, Brian, I think you have the ability to be one of the top financial advisors in the company. And I was doing well, but at the time I was not in that category. And by listening and believing him, literally within the year, I was in that category. But he gave me permission to succeed when I had not been giving myself the permission. So those are just three really quick ones that have kind of led up to where I'm at. Now, when this stuff happens, I'm just all in and taking it in and letting it happen instead of, you know, saying, I'm not sure where that'll go. I'm just saying, let's see where that goes. One of the things that that I started thinking about, Brian, is you're sharing that story and tying it back to the topic of imagination that we started with. So this is for those people that are more so like, I resonate with vision over the term dreams. So mm-hmm. to give a little science behind what we're talking about, and Ed Milet references this in, in his book too. So he talks about how our subconscious minds cannot tell the difference between reality and an imagined thought. So that's why mm. the things that we focus on and continually think about tend to manifest in our lives. So it goes back to the adage, I know I've shared this before on the podcast about how our brain is a processor, not a truth teller. So Brian, in that example about the gentleman giving him permission to be even better, to accomplish greatness, in Brian's mind, he started seeing himself that. So use it as like the adult imagination or adult imagination where you start thinking about what you're capable of, what you could be, what's possible on the other end. Your brain does not have the capacity to be like, oh, you jokester. <laughs> you know, you you that's that's a good, uh, uh, good imagination or good thought. No. It's starting to say, okay, well, how can I find evidence of this to be true? Mm. So we've talked on here about the reticular activating system and the whole adage about the red pickup or whatever, you know, you start looking at a red pickup and all of a sudden you see them everywhere. It's not because you're just really stylish and in the know with what's hot right now. It's because your brain is finding evidence of what you're looking for. So it's the same thing when it comes to, you know, imagination and thinking about what's possible for your future and what you're capable of. You know, don't let your limiting beliefs in your past hinder you from seeing yourself at that next level of success that you strive to be. Yeah, and that's why I love the concept of Ben Hardy's new book that we talked about in the last podcast is, you know, be your future self now. And, you know, you're thinking about where you're already at, which automatically changes how you're thinking and will force you to accept and find things that will actually cause you to get there. Mm -hmm. So good. And, And, you know, I think that as a tangible, like as a tangible action item that people could actually do is when you start thinking about, all right, you've got my mind open to imagination and possibility, but where the heck do I go with this? Uh, So, you know, find a space that allows you to have some quiet, to maybe give you some creative energy. It could be, you know, outside on a park bench. It could be your own backyard. It could be a coffee shop, maybe like a little bit of commotion around you, whatever, it doesn't matter. But going to a space and actually making a list of the things in your life that you've always wanted that just feel a little impossible. 
you know, some of those big dreams that you have always wanted to do, but for whatever reason, something has held you back from pursuing it, be it, you know, old chain of thoughts, be it, you know, maybe a monetary reason, a time reason, uh, whatever, it doesn't matter, but start making those lists and then take it one step further to actually talk to somebody about those things that you want to do. It's amazing at once you find a person, two, three uh, trusted people to share your big aspirations with at how they can start coming to fruition that much faster because you're putting it out into the world and you're making this subconscious commitment to at least put a little bit of time and attention into it, if nothing else. Yeah. And it made me think of a conversation we had prior to the podcast beginning about uh, Colonel Sanders from Kentucky Fried Chicken fame. Mm -hmm. You know, he started the Kentucky Fried Chicken franchise at age 65. Most people are going to retire at 65. And his vision was to be, you know, the king of, of making fried chicken. And the interesting thing is he started it on his $105 social security income. Wow. So what a great story that one, you should never say I'm too old for that because there's one that you can use to say, well, most people would say at 65, maybe you're getting to that age. Uh, didn't have a lot of financial means. I wouldn't say $105 in Social Security income is, uh, you know, blowing the bank account out. So uh, I always liked that one because obviously everybody's heard and probably had Kentucky Fried Chicken. And, you know, that all started when somebody went from one career to another and actually started to live their vision or their dream. Mm. Yeah. And their biscuits aren't bad either. I kind of like all saying. of it. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> this, this has been fantastic. And I, I love ending on that because, again, there were so many limiting things for Colonel Sanders. Could have been limiting things, but he didn't do that. He didn't let it limit him. So that's fantastic. Guys, thank you so much for your time today. And, and I'm looking forward to episode number three in this th series. Yeah. And I, I got to say one more thing, too, that, you know, we actually we take this stuff so seriously that we decided to actually have a custom music piece created that is going to be essentially a giveaway to our listeners. So I want to give a little context before we round this out that if you struggle with the creative element, maybe you're just not wired that way. And that's okay. We actually had a piece created by a was it Grammy Award winning composer, yeah, yeah. an amazing gentleman who actually created this solely for the dream architect to be able to give you a piece to really think about what you want. It's guided. It's kind of call it a meditation. There's voice behind it. There's great music behind it. Uh, so you can access that if you go to dreamarchitecture.com. It's the same space that you can get a free copy of our book. It's going to be available there. So you can hop on over to that page, get access to it and try it out. And if you don't like it, that's okay. But you might find that you love it. So yeah. step outside your box today. And I can't stress enough the importance of just thinking differently mm. and thinking about what you want what do you want to become and what your future is and if you just consciously started doing that a little more every single day and start paying attention to what happens and what shows up i will guarantee you i can't use that word very often but i will guarantee you you will see remarkable changes that will be so helpful in making your future brighter 
and Brian, I'm going to say something that you, you said on an earlier podcast, similar to this topic, is that it's a muscle. I think you're the one that said it. It's something that you have to exercise and you may need to start out slow. Maybe it's just yep. a couple minutes a day and then it's, you know, and then it's 10 minutes and then it's 15 and 20 and being able to do these things. You might sit there and feel foolish doing it the first time because it's something that's completely out of your realm. But like Brian said, it's a muscle. You've got to exercise it and it'll get stronger. Yeah. And if you just maybe start your day with, you know, using the new tool we've created and maybe end your day using that tool and just do it for a couple of minutes in the morning and a couple of minutes before you go to bed, just give it a try. I think you'll be really surprised what happens. I'm really looking forward to hearing that. I'm, I'm really excited about that. Thank you guys so much for that. Absolutely. It's our pleasure. You bet. And our last thank you goes to you, listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Dream Architect Life podcast with Brian Sweet and Brittany Anderson. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Brian and Brittany come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review as this does actually help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Sweet Financial Partners, this is Eric Johnson reminding you that possibility comes to those who create it. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Dream Architect Life podcast, where money and mindset meet with Brian Sweet and Brittany Anderson. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. If you heard something that really hit home for you, please share it with those you want to be helpful to. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Sweet Financial Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your retirement planning.